Welcome to the American Med Spa Podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch is joined by Kipper Doughty, co-founder of JobSnob, which finds candidates and talents for the medical aesthetic industry. Welcome, everybody. This is Alex Tiersch, and this is Medical Spa Insider, uh, AmSpa's podcast, and we have on the AmSpa hotline, Kipper Doty, the one of the founders, the co-founder of JobSnob, which um, if you haven't heard of yet, you will because they are um, a, a rising um, player in this industry. Oops, I got sorry, I got cats running all over the place again. Um, so Kipper and your partner Bree Black started um, JobSnob. And first of all, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to, 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 to talk with me for a bit. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I know, of course. So, so before we get going, I'm I'm curious because some people have heard of it. Um, it's I'm certainly I'm hearing more and more of JobSnob as we go. What is JobSnob? Tell me a little bit about what the business is, and then we'll get into you. We'll get into your background and how you started and all that. So, JobSnob is a medical aesthetic recruiting company. We're actually a medical aesthetic recruiting and additional resources. Um, we've got a couple of different verticals that we're launching, but right now we're mainly a recruiting company and an online job board. Um, our goal is to be the only online job board and recruiting company dedicated to medical aesthetics. All right. Well, it's your your timing couldn't be better. There's certainly a lot of <laughs> recruiting going on in medical aesthetics. Um, it's it's. I was thinking about um, questions before we we got on. It's 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 such an interesting area to to kind of come into i'm curious how did you get into this like how how did you know you know recruiting and and online job boards become your thing and and in order to get there let's let's talk just kind of about your 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 journey through aesthetics and where you started because you've been in aesthetics for a long time um and um which is which is great but you certainly didn't start in recruiting and so let's let's just talk about how you got here yeah, so um, it's interesting, actually. No recruiting background. I started with Allergan in 2007 as a business development manager in the Dallas market. Um, back then, there was only Botox on the market, no other neurotoxins, and Restylane and Perlane were really the main fillers. We had just launched Jupiterm Ultra and Ultra Plus about three months before I joined the team. Um, but I was with them in the Dallas market for about seven years and then met my husband and he kidnapped me to California. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. And um, I ended up moving on to Beverly Hills team with Allergan. But um, what got me to this point I am now is I, I, it was a common theme in every market that I was in. Um, my practices were always leaning on me as their rep for help in finding great injectors, great practice managers, great estheticians. And it was, I, I, I would talk to my peers at Allergan and the same thing was happening to them in every single market. They're just, it was quite surprising to me that an industry as robust as medical aesthetics and growing at the rate that it was growing did not have a company that was um, dedicated to helping them in the hiring and staffing process. Yeah, so, that's, that, that's, that, that's true, especially, um, you know, medical aesthetics is new, relatively speaking, but it's it's not that new, right? So you kind of thought we kind of thought there there would be you know some sort of entity and job board out there, but there, it's it's a long way from being an Allergan, 
you know, sales manager in Beverly Hills, right? <laughs> where, where yeah. there, you know, there's plenty of business, um, and helping folks find stuff to actually making the, the leap, quitting your, your job and starting yeah. your own business. So that's a, a yeah. huge leap T- talk about wh- how that decision and how that came to be. So we originally just were going to have a job board and there's, there started to be a lot of interest in that job board. And we realized very quickly that, um, this is a growing industry and it's a large industry, but it's still quite new to your point, And it's very niche, very mm-hmm. niche. And one of the things that Allegan was such a great, great company to work for. And it also provided such a great training platform in that we really knew how practices worked from, you know, the, how the injectors, um, were generating the revenue needed for the practice, just the operations along with marketing and, and everything that worked within a practice. And I think that lended itself very well to being a great recruiter. So yeah. did I ever think I was going to be a recruiter? No. I think I was just trying to solve, uh, Bree and I both were just trying to provide a solution to a big problem that we saw in the market. I'm super passionate about medical aesthetics, as is she. Mm-hmm. And we just felt like this was a big gap within the industry. Yeah, no, it, 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 it definitely is. So what was the, um, I mean, how, how did you start? start with a job board though. I mean, like it's, it's like, it's the kind of thing where you, where you wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm just going to do this. I mean, there, there's like, it's, oh. it's such a leap. Yeah. Honestly, being, um, a sales representative and in medical sales in general and having us being a salesperson, we were constantly as a sales rep, you were always looking on job boards. The one I can think of right now is medreps.com. That was my go-to job board. If I really wanted to find a quality job in pharmaceutical cells or medical cells is actually where I found the posting for my job with Allergan, to be fair. Um, but I, we started that way because I always thought it was a great concept because it was somewhere that you could go see in one collective space nationwide all of the great opportunities within one industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really was within one industry. It was within one role. It was all about medical aesthetics. It was across multiple industries. But Again, our industry is so niche. I really wanted to have something that was um, with medical aesthetics. But I will tell you that the job board itself is, you know, great. But again, our industry is so niche. We found very, very quickly that revenue generators, the people that were really key players of practices, mm-hmm. were not going to go out and anonymously apply to positions on job boards. It just wasn't going to happen because. You don't know if you're applying to your own position. You don't know if you're applying to someone you know. You know, so recruiting really became the main revenue source within our company and yeah. the most popular and high volume service. And, and what that is we that? You know, I you, we've talked about this, and, and and this is probably just me not knowing. Like the term recruiting, like what does that encompass? Does that mean you're going out and? Like I, I'm used to as a lawyer, um, there's there's like periods of every lawyer's life where you get called by legal recruiters because their you know firms are looking for partners or associates, or whatever. Is that what you're doing? Is it is it is is it is it getting you know reaching out to folks who are um, who are wor- working and trying to find them a position or like h- how does that work? What's the what's the genesis of it? So it's really client specific for us. It's based on what our clients need and we take the criteria of um, the candidate that they are looking for. Um, We've got a signature process that works really well for us and using that signature process, we 
source internally and externally, meaning our own internal database as well, well as our external um, avenues to find those candidates that match the sort of criteria that our clients are working are looking for. Um, and then we just, based on that, we send out a communication. Based on that, we find out who's interested and we go from there. Yeah. And what's, um, I mean, so far, what's the reception been like? Because I know, I know that um, finding not not only injectors but but mostly injectors has been a real challenge for folks what's the i mean what what's the atmosphere like out there for 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 injectors a high in demand mm-hmm. for sure um again uh, you know it's about uh, a client's business model too right. so uh, some people would really prefer to have injectors come in who have been in the market for quite some time they've got a lot of experience um, maybe even to have a bit of a following. Some uh, clients prefer to bring new um, injectors in who aren't quite as experienced or quite as tenured and sort of train them in the way that they're, that, that client does things. Yeah. What's, it's so interesting because, um, you know, I feel I've been in the industry maybe around since when when you were, but a little bit after 2007 is when I first started kind of dabbling in legal aesthetics, but really in earnest in 2012, 2013. And it's changed so much since then. Yeah. When you look at kind of the landscape of aesthetics right now, um, it's it's such a different place than than what it was when you started. I mean, can, can you even recognize like kind of the the in the industry, or is it totally different? And 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 what does that mean? Like, what's your thoughts on that? Is it different? Absolutely, it's different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, in the, I mean, when I first started, you know, there was a, a lot of um, fear still around many other procedures. So yeah. yes, it's changed in that way that it's become more widely accepted. Um, there are also so many new players in the market from the neurotoxin and, um, you know, energy-based devices and fillers as well. So it's the market's just so much bigger with much more opportunity available than I've ever seen. The barriers to entry are quite low as well. So a lot of people are pivoting from other um, industries, if you will, that are not not operating as well as medical aesthetics into medical aesthetics when they have no experience. Many business owners are. So um, that's just sort of broadening the market in itself. And how did you come up with the job snob name? I will (laughs) credit that to Bree. Um, We actually had a different name when we started. It was quite long and cumbersome. It wasn't really going to work. So she came. It was aesthetic industry access. (laughs) Very long name, but. You know, um, I, I was on maternity leave when I came up with the, the concept of, of job snob, which was aesthetic industry access, and um, just started going from there. But it really didn't take shape and form until I partnered with Bree, mm-hmm. who was on my team at Allergan. And we um, put our heads together and really came up with the business model and the business plan and started implementing um, and executing on everything. So. How, how do you like being uh, an entrepreneur and a business owner as opposed to an employee? I, I mean, there, I love it. There are so many rewarding factors to it. You're able to really sort of um, take a macro view on things. And if we've got an idea, we can try to execute on it and see how the response is, which I love that part of it. Um, that part of it that is a, a little stressful is, 
know, just people depend on you and, you know, we've got employees now and I want to make sure that we do right by them at all times and we're always successful so that they feel that their efforts are in um, vain, if you will. So that's probably the only stressful part about it. Yeah. It's good stress though. It's good stress though. I'll tell you, it is good stress. But, you know, again, like I had so much, I really can't say enough about the time that I spent at Allergan because I had it was such a rewarding job and it was such a unique job. I mean, if you think about it, as a sales rep, we we were more business development um, representatives. I was also the first time I'd ever heard that term um, or that title whenever I started with Allergan. And it was so true. And we learned so much um, that normal, just the role sales reps under that title don't get the access yeah. um, to learn. Yeah, yeah. So, what- Go, go ahead. I was just going to say that that was just a great platform for me yeah. to be able to launch jobs. Yeah, it's um, but taking that plunge and you know making the investment and um, you know starting it and, and at some point you you know you kind of I always tell people like young entrepreneurs or, or people who are starting a business at some point you have to kind of pull the ripcord right or pull the bandaid yeah. off and just you have to quit your job whatever that other job is and it can no longer be your side hustle it has to be your yeah. your front hustle <laughs> right Talk- well and you know with the I will say it was it was hard to even have it as a side hustle because we're so busy you know with our day jobs to be quite honest with you and I, I will credit it to our husbands um, you know, we, we weren't 20 year olds who didn't have families who could just say, you know what, who right. cares? I'm just going to quit my job, which, you know, Allergan is a wonderful place to be, like I said. So that's, that's also a decision unto, unto itself. But our husbands basically had that conversation. We call it the S or get off the pot conversation, you know, where they <laughs> said it's time hmm. to do it. Right. <laughs> Um, so we did it and it was stressful, scary. It was just the two of us though. We, you know, we just said, okay, we're going to put all, we're going all in. We self-funded, um, we both took loans out and, um, self-funded the company, which that I highly recommend anyone doing that because that will make you work from 5am till midnight every night for sure. I know. Um, but we were profitable fairly quickly. We, we got very lucky and had, um, two large clients that signed on with us quite quite quickly. Um, matter of fact, they were pretty much the impetus for the conversation our um, husbands had with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that was nice. But then, you know, that was November of 2019. COVID happened six months later. Yes. And we were like, oh, my goodness. Um, so luckily, we made it through COVID. And uh, we actually hired our first employees um, couple months after COVID because we, we had that much business. And, and how, how big are you now? What's how many employees do you have and what's your, uh, there are five of us total. That's awesome. That, yeah. you know, COVID, I, you know, that we think, cause we, we, we talked pre COVID you and I, and, mm-hmm. um, that must've been a bit of a speed bump. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It was so scary. <laughs> Cause I mean, you went from, I mean, number one, you're a startup, which is, is terrifying under any circumstances, but then to have that happen where literally not only is there no hiring, but people, it's the opposites happening. People are cutting. Okay. What, how did you get through that? I will say, don't, don't say vodka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. But I was going to say, thank God for medical aesthetics. You know, there was a point in my career with Allergan, and it was pretty early on. I want to say it was like 2009 
when the stock market crashed. Mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly David Pyatt coming and having a, a, a team-wide call with us and saying, look, we are not going to lay anyone off. We're going to keep everyone on board. And we didn't know what was going to happen. It was the first time medical aesthetics, because we just got Botox approved in 2001. It was really the first sort of economic downturn we yeah. had had since medical aesthetics. And we, the, it rebounded so quickly, it wasn't even funny. I mean, matter of fact, it was probably one of the only things that rebounded very quickly during that time. And I saw that happen a lot during this specific time. My fingers were crossed that yeah. it was going to be that way. Yeah. Um, but it really was. And I will tell you that many of our clients at that time saw an opportunity to kind of sweep up some good talent that was in the market. So as a recruiting company, that was good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty much how we made it through there. But also, you know, just medical aesthetics and the way it's rebounded in general um, has helped us through this whole, you know, post-COVID time. Yeah. What are, I mean, is, are you seeing kind of like a hiring frenzy right now? I mean, what's the market like? Um, it's, 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 it's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, you know, those who did have to shut down during COVID and are now able to open, they're restaffing. Um, you know, that happened very early on. Those who put you know, press pause mm-hmm. for um, expansion opportunities that they were going to d- dive into last year. They're now doing that during this year. So yeah. um, I think business is back to usual, if not um, better than usual. Yeah. No, I I, um, I see that. I mean, people I talk to, again, it's just, it's been a, it's been crazy. If you got, were able to get through COVID, mm-hmm. now yeah. it's like, you're feasting. I spoke to a doctor just last week who told me, you know, he'd been in business for 30 years and he'd had the best month he'd ever had. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I, know, and I hear so that over and over like again. That. That's awesome. Um, it feels great. Yeah. No, it's aesthetics is, is resilient. There's, there's, there's no question. Um, I like to say that we've kind of proved the underlying business model and that, you know, selling, aesthetics works and people want to do it. Um, is there, is there a common, like when someone reaches, a client reaches out to you and says, I want to hire somebody, whoever it is in aesthetics, is there a common kind of issue or problem that they face where they're just like, how do I like, what are some of the things that folks tell you right off the bat that you hear over and over again? If that makes sense. Um, so a problem that they're doing prior to getting to us that is leading to that. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, yeah. like, what are some of the common things that the people issues that people run into? What are the challenges people have when it comes to hiring? Um, I think sometimes people are a too busy to manage the hiring process. Yeah. I think other times people do not know the avenue to pursue to find the talent, mm-hmm. i.e. come to job stop. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of things, some people are, are trying to put, you know, Indeed post up or even yeah. LinkedIn posts don't do the job, you know, so that they're trying to go through avenues that are not producing results. And then whenever they do get sort of candidates lined up, that they may find as qualified candidates. Many people are overwhelmed because especially in the medical spa space, I see it more than ever. People wearing multiple hats right. and playing the role of business owner, practice manager, HR consultant, yeah. you know, and so all of that really can delay the hiring process. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, are there, 
like when you look for when you're doing your recruiting and if you're looking for a particular client, are there are and I know you're 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 trying to do what the client wants. Um, but what's the I mean, are there certain things you look for in candidates that make, you know, better in, in whether it's an injector? I mean, well, that one thing I've noticed, there's a lot of um, there's a need for injectors and there's a, there's there's not necessarily a ton of experienced injectors out there. Um, but there are some, but a lot of them that are experienced are, are tend to stay where they are. But like, what, what are some things that, that, that are, are there, I guess, are there red flags or there green flags for lack of a better word when you, when, when, when you're talking to, to injectors that, that, that give you hope or give you pause? I mean, I think as in any industry, not just in medical aesthetics, the, the biggest red flag is someone who has, you know, is a job hopper yeah. who can't stay at one um, with one employer more than a few months. I mean, you know, in particular medical aesthetics, because, you know, there are a ton of women in one practice at all times. And, you know, the toxicity level can become high if there are bad team players. And, you know, so if you see those things on resumes, um, you definitely want to dig in. It, it doesn't mean that that's exactly the case. But we definitely want to ask the questions. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, job hopping, but there's there's I feel like there's more of that recently than there was in the past. I mean, I, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, I mean, for sure during COVID. I mean, you, the, right. that's why the questions have to be asked. You can't just assume when you look at someone's resume because they the, the fact that they had a short um, time period with one employer could have been of no result of their own efforts it could have been because someone closed down during covid or something happened so you definitely have to ask the questions right, right. before you make decisions you know one, one question we get all the time is about compensation right it's like yeah when people get all day long all, all and and what are some of the questions i mean mostly it's what you know what can i make what should i pay how should i structure it right i mean it's it's everything what um well, what are some of the, the, the common questions or common issues that come up regarding compensation that you get? Um, so we do compensation analysis a lot with our clients. So we run into this a lot. And, and it's really like, the, to your point, what structure? How should I pay them? And what does that total comp number need to look like based on their experience level, based on the role, based on the skill sets we're needing them to have? Um, so we, we deal a lot with that. Yeah. And, 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 and how, how do you do a, if someone's, thinking of this like a, a comp analysis what does that what, what does that look like it's a, it's essentially analyzing their current comp structure and providing feedback and providing some suggested ways and templates for them to restructure based on what we see um, will actually command or will actually get the attention of the talent that they're seeking okay and and yeah. one of the things that you guys do do that I thought was was interesting and 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 smart was you're you're big on um, data collection and you have a lot of information that give that 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 folks can look at. Um, what what are some of the other things that JobSnob offers besides just just the recruiting? Thanks. Yeah, we um, we offer compensation analysis. As I said, yeah. we provide acquisition services. So you know when we're talking to a lot of candidates, that sometimes they're like. I need to find a new job because my employer is looking for an exit strategy to retire. Right. You know, and on the flip side, we have clients who are coming and saying, I think I'm going to go into this market, this market, this market, this market. So we can match those people and help them out. Um, we just match. We kind of step out of the process after that, but we do provide a matching service for buyers and sellers. We also provide um, 
compensation data as well. So we've been collecting compensation data for every position within a medical aesthetic practice since we started. We've compiled that data and mm-hmm. we have a very good, healthy outlook per market, per position of what injectors are paid based on years of experience, what estheticians are paid, and so forth. Yeah. Um, we also just partnered with Ronin Solutions, um, and we have um, some exclusive reports that are uh, provide objective data in the market, which is also crazy in in a market as big and robust as as we have right now, that we don't have any sort of objective data, and we're about to launch that revenue stream as well. That's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's... um, Are there... I don't know. Hopefully I'm asking this in the right way. Are there, is, is the market tilted towards the job seeker right now or the, or the, or the employer? I mean, are there more employees looking for jobs or are there more employers looking for employees? Do you know? Employers looking for employees. I would say at least from my perspective. Yeah. So that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, I think the market growth is outpacing the available candidate pool right now. Yeah. What? Which is a great problem to have, you know, as as an industry for an industry as a whole. It is, um, but what do we? I mean, what do we do about that? How do you find candidates then? I mean, because like that's a, a common refrain I get is there's just nobody out there. Like, how do I, I? How do we? And this is maybe not a question for you specifically. Like, what is you know what you're doing about it? But like as an industry, I, I think it's great that there's there's so much need. It makes me a little nervous, I guess, that 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 there's not enough qualified, experienced candidates out there. And what does that mean for medical aesthetics in the next six months to a year? Are we going to have unqualified people coming in? I mean, what what do you think? Well, no, I think like you're doing it right now as AMSPA. You guys are providing your cadaver labs. You're training more people. It's all about training right now. Um, I also think that for us as recruiters, when we speak to clients who are looking for injectors or um, estheticians, it's really important that they have a realistic approach to the type of candidate that they need or that can uh, can perform the job that they have at hand. Right. And what I, what I mean by that is I can't tell you how many people come to us and say, I want um, an injector in Beverly Hills who's generating two plus million in revenue a year. Everybody wants that. So, yeah. I mean, you know, so we start there and then we just kind of, we dig in a little bit deeper to find out exactly what they're looking for. And if we found them a candidate that we knew had great potential, um, that was a good injector and that was going to ultimately become that type of injector in a couple of years. Um, yeah. So you're almost, you're almost kind of projecting out like someone who, and, and it, that that's based, I would imagine more just upon, you know, their experience. It's got to be their personality and kind of things like that. I mean, and um, of course, what do you look for we, do, we do a very in-depth intake call prior okay. to starting any position where we discuss culture fit. That's one of the, the biggest priorities of that call because our, we, we guarantee our candidates for 90 days. Mm. Um, we have, We've only had to replace two in the time, and they were for you know extenuating circumstances. But our goal is to make the best match possible the first time. Yeah, that's all. So what's uh, 
what's your goal? Like what's the, what's the next step for job snob and Kipper Doty? You're going to worldwide domination or. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, of course. Anything we do, we want to dominate. Um, that's the salespeople in us. Jeffrey yeah, and I. Right? We're like, we have to own the space. No, we just, you know, we just started out. We're just scratching the surface and, you know, we were super excited and humbled by the response that we've, that we've gotten to job snob and, Again, it's just the very beginning. I mean, we really have, this is our first really true year because last year was, you know, COVID. Um, So I don't know. We'll see. Or we're definitely open to um, pursuing many additional vertical avenues and um, seeing what we can do with those. Yeah. And you're, uh, you're, 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 you're operating nationally, right? So if someone has a job they want to fill in New Jersey or wherever you're. Absolutely. Um, We, we can, I can tell you that we probably filled a position at this point in almost every state, specifically every state within the aesthetic belt, we have definitely filled positions, multiple positions within. So um, one, you know, one, I actually had a conversation with somebody about this. Um, and this kind of goes back when I asked earlier, like, what is a recruiter, right? Like, I guess what I was, what I meant by that, and I think is a good question is, is, is how do how do people work with recruiters? I feel like a lot of right now in our industry, maybe because it's their job snob didn't exist and there's just not a whole lot of resources out there, but um, people tend to go to LinkedIn or they go to Indeed or whatever it is. Um, and, and the idea of working with a recruiter doesn't, it, they just don't know how to do it or, or it escapes them. What's the, like, how does that work? Like what's the, yeah. what's the best way to do that? Well, first I can start by saying the reason you should work with a recruiter as opposed to a job board on the, you know, the higher positions within your practice is because I would say 98% of the, the candidates that we place are what we call passive candidates. They are not out looking on job boards and applying to jobs. We actually find them. We introduce the role to them. Um, see if it's something they're interested in and we move forward from there. So that's one reason why you should. But I think the question of how to work with a recruiter is definitely important because the recruiters are a little bit unique to this industry um, specifically. But I think the, the biggest part about working with a recruiter is communication. If you want to really um, make the process as efficient and effective as possible, you constantly have to be in communication with that recruiter. You have to let them know what you're looking for exactly and the specifics around your hiring process, the benefits you offer. But where we see it go south, if you will, um, most of the time, it's because of lack of communication. It's because um, the person or the client that's hired us doesn't have time to manage the process. Now, we do as much of that as we can for you, but we definitely need you to interview and provide us feedback in a timely manner. So um, tell me just kind of about the process that you, that you go through to, 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 get these, to get these folks. Yeah, so when we have a client approach us for a specific role in a specific market, um, we go into our database um, within that market. We deploy communication, mass communication within that market to all qualified candidates that simply um, has a brief overview of the opportunities that we are working on. Those who respond and say they're interested will provide details on that. Okay. So then, so yeah. And that actually, that's great that you, that you brought that up because it kind of flashed into my head. Um, you, you're not actively going out and and trying to, to 
poach people from other from other no. you know, these no, people no, are reaching no. out to you with interest because that's the first thing i mean i'm sure you probably get that, yeah. that question all the time yeah right? of course and we didn't we have a policy against that you know i just i i know how again tight this community is yeah. and i also know now how hard it is to operate a business and how yeah um, you really rely on your employees and that is not my goal my goal is to provide opportunities to those who need it yeah so we use um candidates personal addresses that who have signed up on our job board and um we deploy communication in specific markets yeah no that's awesome yeah. um um you know one thing we 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 had talked about this um Offline, and I, and I would love for you to explain because I think it's 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 cool. You 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 guys have a uh, what you call market intel report, I think, right? Which is yeah. which is like so folks who are looking for a particular um, in a particular market, going in a particular market, you've got information for them. What, what, what does that look like? Because that sounds that sounds intriguing. Um, so we deal with a lot of clients who come to us who are thinking about entering into a specific market, say you know the Dallas, Texas market or, you know, Seattle, Washington market, for example. And they, we provide a market intel report, which provides um, average retail pricing for medical aesthetic services um, mm-hmm. in that particular market. Um, we also provide them a compensation range, compensation ranges for the medical aesthetic roles within that area. Um, we also provide them a legal summary on um, who can fire a laser? Who can inject? Um, a couple of other marketing things um, are included in that report as well. But it just really gives a great overview from a medical aesthetic perspective of a particular market someone's thinking about entering into. That's awesome. That's a yeah. so job snob is going to rule the world, obviously in the in, yes. in the coming years. Where can <laughs> if, if if folks want more information, where can they they find it? Where can they reach you? What's the what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, thank you for asking. So we are on LinkedIn at job job snob. Uh, our website is jobsnob.net. Dot and net? Okay. we're on Instagram at the real job snob. So you can find our contact information there. All right. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This Um, was great. (laughs) No, of course. I can't, I can't wait to see what you guys can build. It's, it's exciting hearing you talk about it. Um, I can't wait to see what, what the future holds. You guys have have a, have a good product and a vision and you're excited about it. And that's, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Thanks so much, Alex. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week with the American Med Spa podcast, Medical Spa Insider. This week, founder Alex Tiersch was joined by Kipper Doughty, co-founder of JobsNob, which finds candidates and talent for the medical aesthetic industry. If you're new with us, we would love to invite you to hit the subscribe button. Click it now so you can get MSPA content delivered to you each time. Leave a rating and a review. See you on our next episode.